Uh, hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Pop Cultivator cast, a, a title that I literally just came up with because it sounded cool and I think it's going to stick, but we'll find out, I guess, over the course of the next 30 minutes or so. Uh, I am Shandi Pasquale. I am, I guess, the host of this show. Uh, I'm also the director of entertainment development and a story editor for Pop Cultivator. And if you're wondering what is Pop Cultivator, we'll get to that in a minute. I am joined by uh, Josh Blaylock, uh, our CEO, Mike Horn, who's the head of business development, and Jose Garibaldi, who is the director of all ages content, which uh, we'll find out what that means too. Um, but first, uh, let's talk about Pop Cultivator and what it is and why we're here and why we're all talking to each other, of which there are a multitude of answers to all of those things. So first, Josh, what is a uh, Pop Cultivator? Uh, it's an idea I had for a long time and then uh, I sort of got all of my professional industry buddies together and said, shut up and get in the van, there's no time to explain, and <laughs> drove off. Uh, um, so Pop Cultivator is, you know, it's the culmination of a bunch of industry experts who are really creating and incubating brand new comic book content. Pop Cultivator is the sort of a all-star Justice League task force of experts from different areas of the pop culture world that all go back to comic books. So everything yeah. starts with comics and we're incubating and nurturing all these new comic ideas and setting up the publishing pipelines and just creating new cool stuff. Um, and what, what's different about this, you know, is that everybody involved has a deep, deep history in their different sector of the industry. So there's no, there's no learning curve. It's sort of like a bunch of people who are, uh, have a lot of experience and are ready to get moving. And the unique factor in this though, is we are bringing in the fan base to actually share in the ownership of it all. So, yeah. So I think you nailed it. I think for the, for the, what is pop cultivator side, you, you nailed it, right? So Josh uh, is essentially our Nick Fury and he has assembled uh, an Avengers team of people that know and love and have worked in, uh, their various industries in and of and related to uh, comic books. And um, we're really excited to all be working together. Um, and we're really excited to be working on comic books because I know for myself, I've sort of made comics and then ventured away and then gone back and, and you know, kind of circled around it. Uh, so it's exciting to be involved with a comic book company that's going to make some really, really great stuff. Um, the other element of that, which Josh was just getting into, is that we are essentially a fan-owned comic book studio uh, because we're raising all of the the, the money for our uh, uh, for our you know uh, our, our funds uh, on WeFunder. And Josh, do you want to talk a little bit about why you chose to go that route? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I just I think it's a natural extension of where you know one of the many paths the industry is going um and part of it is because i just really excited about the idea and i want to do this and it's I, I sometimes people want this really deep deep answer for it and it, the kind of the answer is like why not the time's now for this for almost a decade now you know kickstarter has really been getting a foothold in the comic book space 
comics are so popular in every crowdfunding platform that they have their own category. And we've, uh, so I'm a publisher. I've been publishing for 20 years with Devil's Do Comics. We've sold, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of comics on just on Kickstarter itself and interwoven that into the actual traditional publishing methods. We're offering fans unique experiences and merchandise at the same time. It's helping us get brand new content out into the stores and, you know, nurture some more experimental content too. And it's just, if you follow comics and if you follow the, the crowdfunding aspect of that with Kickstarter and actually crowdfunding product, this makes total sense. If you're completely new to it, it's a little more of a mystery, but, um, you know, instead of just getting the book in the mail or getting a t-shirt that goes along with it or some collectible, you know, we're saying, Hey, if you want to join us and actually take ownership in the company itself, and therefore you own a piece of whatever we own that, you know, you're come along for the ride. So we yep. might actually, we're going to be creating a bunch of original content ourselves. Like that the company is going to own outright. Uh, the company is partnering with creators to uh, sort of co-own and share in properties. And then we'll also, uh, you know, where we'll be co-developing. And then there might be some things where a creator has a property almost ready to go and we are able to help fund that to make it a reality and then take over a lot of the management aspects of it at the same time to help them wherever they need that. Yeah, well, I, I was actually going to just say, you know, one of the things that you um, that you, you mentioned is like about yourself. And I, and I think that, that the, the the beautiful thing about WeFunder is that it's it's not just similar to Kickstarter, but for the way we're using it, it's also similar to like a group Patreon. So it's like you know all of these people uh, that that we're going to be working with and that we comprise you know the board or whatever of Pop Cultivator. Um, you know all of those people are 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 have done things and and have their own fan bases and so this is also a good way to sort of like throw in to be like all right all of you guys like what have you got and like i want to be a part of that as well um so i and i think that that's really cool but we wanted to use this podcast uh also as a mechanism to sort of introduce the various aspects of of who we are and so that brings us back to uh, Mike, uh, who tell us about your role here and, uh, and you know, how you kind of, kind of came into the company and, and, and how, you know, how it relates to, to comics and, and all that. Yeah. So, so I think that the, the starting point would be that, you know, I, I, um, I can go a little bit deeper, but, you know, um, what I wanted to dovetail, the thought was that, the reason we're doing this and the way we're, and the reason we're doing it now and the reason we've got this diversified roster is you know the lines are completely blurred all over the world of who does what and what is what um, what defines a company and how a company structure is and even a comp- what a company does mm-hmm. and so you know this coming together is is so much more than just oh we're another comic company that's going to you know tap the fans you know we've got a We've got you know really diverse background. My, my particular background is in toys and collectibles. Um, we've got a guy on our team who's who's whose uh, complete background is in nothing but helping startups start up, you know. And so we've we've kind of got the business end of it covered. It's it's a very diversified mix. So toys, toys and collectibles. What kind of toys did you work on? You know, from a very um, 
sort of definition standpoint, you would say that my my background has been, you know, that we're we're a toy manufacturer and we're we're in toys. Really, what I've always done is sold nostalgia products. So, um, my my um, to kind of start at the start, I I had a um, um, I grew up in a comic book family. Um, my dad and my oldest brother back in the seventies were were in the front wave of of you know what was comic book uh, weekend conventions in those days. So as a little kid, I was you know going around from D.C. to New York to Chicago to these to these uh, weekend conventions and. Um, and as I w- went into my teen years and, you know, I was just kind of like, you know, I'd empty the van and then go hang out in New York for the day. Um, but um, but I got a, I, I got a job straight out of college as a buyer for Diamond Comics. So I was in, I, you know, I, I kind of got indoctrinated to the business of comics, you know, right from the beginning. Um, and so my my uh, my path started, uh, you know, my entrepreneurial path started at the age of 25 when I decided to leave Diamond and, and go out on my own. And I started what was then a marketing company, what eventually evolved into a toy manufacturing company. And again, focused on, you know, collector oriented brands. The kind, I describe it as the kind of products you, you see at Comic-Con. Um, only in the late 90s, that was that was just beginning to be things besides comic books. So collectibles, like all the all the cool, like the 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 collectibles, the toys, all, all of that kind of stuff. Basically, you were you were dabbling in. Well, that's how I would I would describe it as the cool stuff. Yeah, I mean it was um yeah you know it basically um, all the kind of stuff that you find in a comic shop besides the comics. So so and he, he, he's 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 being humble because uh, he's burying the lead. <laughs> Yeah. So, what I what mean, properties did you work on? Like, what's what are some cool things that like you you got to be part of uh, of bringing to life? It's a long list. Um, I will say, I was very I've been very fortunate, and I'm still doing this, but very fortunate that I've worked. Uh, I mean, I'm looking around my office. I've got uh, Jim Henson's Muppets. I've got Alien and Predator. Um, wow. I've got a Star Wars Wampa plush in my office that I made. Um, wow. I have a Super Grover action figure from Sesame Street, which was an extension of Muppets. We did a number of video games from um, Resident Evil to Final Fantasy to um, to uh, Mortal Kombat. Um, the very first license I ever had, we made car- life-size cardboard cutout standees for South Park when it first came on in like 96, 97. I think they have those in their office. It could uh, be. Those- those cardboard cutouts. Yeah. Uh, we, I got to do an office tour once, and they had full life-size cardboard cutouts. Like, well, the funny is because the full life, the, those kids were half size, so they were only like three feet tall. Yeah, yeah, they're all real. There's a ton of Nickelodeon great. stuff, wasn't there? Like Invader Zim. Well, uh, yeah. So um, you know that whole Viacom package has 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 changed who does what, but um, basically the story on that, Josh, was uh, I guess around I don't know oh two oh three something like that. Um, we got asked if we would take on the new, what was then the new Ren and Stimpy. They were relaunching Ren and Stimpy. They're bringing John Kay back in. It was a disaster. It was a terrible show. Well, we didn't know that at the time we signed up for it. Remember, it takes, it takes eight to 10 months to make an action figure. So sure, you know, sure. we said, sure, sounds great. So we jumped at the chance to, you know, to, to be involved in it. And, and, um, and look, I'm proud of the product. We made some really cool product and, and, um, you know, the, 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 that rebooted series um, left something to be desired, but you know, 
the characters are the characters. And, and we even made Log, you know, we made um, every action figure we made had a little uh, mini carded action figure of Log and a different one in each one. Awesome. That's um, awesome. But that then ended up expanding. And kind of the funny hidden gem in that was that because that Ren and Stimpy show was such a dud that um, and I don't remember if it was exactly Nickelodeon or Viacom. I think our contract was actually technically written with MTV networks at the time. But but as a throw in, they basically said, hey, can you um, can you guys do some Invader Zim? We'll give you Invader Zim, you know, as a as a kind of a make good for how bad Ren and Stimpy was. And you know, Ren, Ren, what was that show? It was like one season, like yeah, 15, yeah, 18 I think episodes. It was like episodes, yeah, if that, but yeah. It was this, you know, and at the time we were we were cranking out product at, at that time. We were making Muppets, we were making Alien and Predator, we were, we were probably making 20, 30 new sculpted products a month. And um and so, you know, I didn't know Invader Zam, but one of our product guys was like, Yeah, I love that show. And so we made these figures, and it was one of these surprise runaway hits. Very challenging to make too, by the way, because the way the character designs were with really super skinny legs and, and oh, that's uh, awesome. See, this is this is cool because this is this is like one of the things that we you know we started the company like pre-COVID, but but then COVID hit and we're all like scattered. We're in different cities and different states, and so we've been doing like ninety nine percent of our communicating on Slack and through email and through like you know, zoom meetings. Um, and so you lose a lot of like the water cooler talk. And so that one of the cool things about what I think this podcast can be for, for us, um, is also just being able to hear like cool stories and stuff. Cause like, that's awesome. I listened to you to tell me about how toys were made literally all day. Um, but I want to also talk, um, to Jose because Jose's just based on the write-up on on WeFunder, Jose has worked on some pretty impressive shit, and I feel like probably designed or been in development for something that then Michael made um, toys for. So, Jose, you're well. First, you're the director of All Ages Content, which I want to get to in a okay. minute. But you worked on design and development for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Lego Movie, Captain Underpants. You also are the colorist for Captain Underpants yes. and Dogman. Yes. Um, so that's all pretty freaking awesome, huh? <laughs> yeah. Actually, I also wanted to come in on, on that uh, remark that Mike made about making the legs too small with toys. You know, as a character designer, that's definitely something that we had to be on top of. Because it's, oh. you know, it's always like, okay, even when you're designing, you know, just to pitch or something, they'll be like, okay, can we make them, you know, the legs bigger because. They'll, you know, if they want to make toys of it, they're gonna to have to make some some good sized legs on it. Sure, but that was just a little uh, sidetrack. No, no, and, 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 I mean, That's and, and this, is, but it's also <laughs> a great example of why that Josh, uh, or I guess we should just start calling him uh, Sergeant Fury, has assembled like the ultimate Avengers of of of, of creatives and uh, here. This, because this it's is like, kind of funny because this wasn't intentional, but like. Really, the level of people can get to know each other here. The, the audience will actually, listeners, will be sort of getting to know all of us while a lot of people are really getting to know each other. And kind of like yeah. I'm the only person that knows the level of uh, background of all of you. And yeah, I'm right. kind of even just realizing now, you know, dude, like Nick oh, Fury, just go with me. So it's, it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I I just like I think as we oh. do this, people will start to realize like, holy shit, this is a really impressive team. And then you will all, you know, it's like 
you will realize how excited I've been the whole time to yeah. have all these people together. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm, no, I'm arrogant enough to be Tony Stark. <laughs> sold sold all right we've got a stark we've got we've got our nick fury uh so uh so jose which avenger are you and what was it like to work on the ninja turtles uh no so jose, tell us a little bit more about like uh like your background and as an illustrator you did you start in animation or did you start in comics no i started in comics uh can you guys hear me all right like i you know also got a message in my okay cool 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 um I was doing mini comics when I was in high school. So I was publishing my own uh, little comic books. First one I put out was like in 94. So I was like 16. But I'd been working on it since and like... what was the name of the company? 92. The line? That company... No, that company was Insight Comics. Oh, it wasn't Insight. the one that didn't age like, well? Insight. No. <laughs> by the way, 1994 was the year that I'd... 1994 was the year I'd left mm-hmm. Diamond and started my first company. Oh, nice. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. So 94 is a good year. Uh, it's also wow. the first time I got published in a book. It was uh, Don Simpson's Bizarre Heroes. Like I, I sketched up a pinup for him, and he inked it. He like actually inked it up and sent it back to me, and he published it. So That's that was awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's rad. So I was 16. So in 94, I was 16. Um, and then, you know, throughout the years, high school, art school, I only went to art school for like a year, but I was putting out mini comics. I was... I'll say it. It was mad terrorist press. I wanted to be like some edgy, you know, cool. Mm-hmm. Like, hey. But at the time, too, it didn't happen. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, when I started putting out indie comics, it was special comics, and our logo was a short bus, and I thought I was oh, being yeah. funny. So it's like, yeah. you know, we all have shit that did not age well that will, you know, will yeah. reference and and like you know gladly acknowledge it was a terrible, terrible joke. Um, but it's definitely yeah. an era of like shock and, and yeah. you know, uh-huh. I mean those, especially like, I would say like mid to late nineties is like Howard Stern. Yeah, and yeah dude, I was just going to say, we I grew Mad up on Cow. Stern. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We had, yep. you know, Beavis and Butthead. We had all the cartoons that really like push boundaries, which is awesome. Red and Stimpy. Yeah. And, you know, Mike brought up. Yep. But they didn't tell us like how to properly push boundaries. <laughs> so I think that's yeah. where, where a lot of mistakes were made. You know, in South Park. Well, kind of by definition, you can't get permission of how to do it. You got to just do it. You just got to do it, right? But I also think that that there needs to be an approach to how you're doing. You know. Yeah, I doing. think, and I think you kind of at least need to be able to look down the road. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, I think you're right. I think what we've learned uh, over the last, you know, couple of years, uh, certainly in 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 great number, is that there's there's definitely a right and wrong way, and there's punching down and not punching down, and like you can push boundaries, but you know, there there's also crossing lines, and right, um, uh, you know, and, and I think you know, it, were it now, I don't think you would name your thing that. I wouldn't name my thing that. Yeah, but the lines have changed too. Understand that you know, you make the decisions you make when you make them based on the context of the time, and that's something that you can't get that you you can't recreate what it felt like to be you know in your case a teenager, or in my case in my early twenties in of course. the nineties when we were going through that, we were just making up the rules as we right. go along. Yeah, right. no, right, of course. Well, I think um, it also helped establish the rules that we have now too. I think mm-hmm. the reason why we have boundaries. 
is also because you see like how far people took it. Well, and you can see some of the pain that it caused. You know, oh, like yeah, I, the, one, the one that always stands out to me was the uh, the Apu documentary, and like oh, seeing okay. seeing people point out Apu as a point of contention, something that like I, a white Jewish boy from Florida, never really thought of as as if in fact I was like, oh, it's like everyone's in on the joke and it's hilarious. Um, yeah. But like seeing that that hurts people and like that it has reverberated out into a shorthand for like insults and, and stuff like that. It's like, Oh, okay, cool. So maybe, maybe it's not the best thing. And maybe if they were doing it now, they, they would do it differently. And I certainly would do it differently. Um, right, but absolutely. Plus so, that, so like, that's, you know, yeah. I'm sorry, at that age, it's like, we're not all very well traveled and stuff like that. So, no. you know, a lot of that comes to from, you know, it's about that age when I started traveling and started going to conventions and going shows out of state, meeting new people, then you start to build a bigger and broader worldview. But until then, you're kind of a product of, you know, the little area that, you know, any of us are from for the most part, you know, absolutely. So you, so you go from comics and then you, you obviously you start doing the convention circuit as we, as we've all yes. put in the time and done. And I did briefly, I didn't do it for, for as long as I wanted to, you know, yeah. I, I was kind of I was super into it when I was in my late teens, early twenties, but then, you know, I landed a job uh, at a graphics company in Chicago. So that kind of took me out of comics. It's like, okay, well, you know, here, at that point, it's like, okay, I got a job. My focus was actually to try to do some freelance or something, like try to get in this job and get out. But I ended up being there for like eight, eight and a half years. But during which, it's just like, I learned all these computer programs. I freelanced a lot. So during that time is when I was working on Jingle Bell, on Mad Magazine. I just wasn't really working on my own stuff. So after that is when, you know, and, and then, and then I should, I should rewind too, because around those early like teenage years is when I met Josh. Uh, he was settling, setting up at conventions. <laughs> I met him because too. Josh was hanging out with teenagers. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know, 55 or something, but like, hey, go talk to Josh. He's <laughs> like a Nick Fury. Actually, his birthday was two days ago and he, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I gotta start scrolling further and further down the. I think I think um, I was uh, twenty one, and I was with my yeah. friend who was like nineteen, and he and him and another 20. dude we were with saw saw Jose and a bunch of his friends in a hotel room having a party at some con in no, Chicago. No, I met you guys before that. I met you guys before that, like the same day. I, I went up to your table, Mike Bianco, a friend of ours, a mutual friend who's doing amazing tattoos in, in the Bay Area now. He's like Lucasfilm certified tattoo artist or something. But anyways, he told me, I was sharing a table with him, and he told me to talk to you. So I went and talked to you. And then later that evening, it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Bianca was the dot connector. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, and then so, you know, I met Josh. You know, we've been friends for, what, 23 years now, something like that? Yeah, and that's around the time you also met, who would later, is now a very famous person, but uh, also um, we, because we both, like, we, you were, was that when you met Scud, the Scud guys? Probably, yeah, yeah, about that time. I met them, yeah, like, 97. Rob mm-hmm. Trab and Dan Harmon. Uh, Dan, sure. Dan Harmon, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mostly Rob, yeah, is who I know, and I, I, I keep in touch with them. His studio is, like, like, right up the street from here. It's not too far. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. He's really how you, you, there's these like little moments and pockets and scenes and time where everybody's coming yeah. up at the same time, and then it's a small world. I mean, any industry you'll find like whether it's comics, 
I mean, if you always like, if you ever look at like the lives of comedians and how every comedian seems to know each other, other, yeah, I went on tour with this person or I hung out with this person, this and that. It's kind of like the same thing with like animation and with yeah. comics too. It's like video games all, too. Video oh, yeah. years, I've met a lot of guys who are in video games, and they're like, mm-hmm. you know, they all kind of got into it for the same reason. Like they love games and just thought it would be a cool way to make a living and not have to get a real job and. And uh, yeah. and now these guys are executives and owners of these companies. As they, you know, as they, and they're like, it's a real job. Couch surfing. Yeah. Well, you know? I mean, you know, but it, it makes sense because even amongst my own <clears throat> friend group, you know, I mean, I've I've been out in LA now for like about eleven years, and and over that eleven years, you know, all of the people that I met when I came out here that were also like newly out here, um, like one of them is like you know, the like head of Mandy Moore's production company, like another one, like started his own production company. Like, you know, the couple of them are actresses on like, you know, Netflix shows. So like, and we all know each other. And so like, I think, and comics is an even smaller industry, frankly. And I mean, I met everyone that there is in comics from just like the, you know, six or seven year period of my life that that i was like full-time working you know like lettering and writing and all that shit it's like you go to you know two three years worth of conventions and you've met basically everyone you know we could do a whole episode on just culture and the importance of culture and how how yeah. militant i <laughs> militant i've gotten in a way about not be about culture being right and uh, a fr- uh, yeah a friend of mine yeah. classifies it as we have a no dicks role yeah yeah, I, I, I think if it's any a, of that it, pops up in a I company, if you have a startup, it's got to be axed immediately. Just uh, there's yeah. no, you know. But it's more challenging in a startup like ours that has this, this, uh, you know, even by our standards, informal structure, and and the and and in this, the fact that while this while this endeavor did not get started during COVID, it's very much a a, a COVID organization, and that. You know, uh, uh, Sean, you mentioned it earlier on this on this on this uh, recording that you know uh, most of us have never even met each other. You know, and, and I mean, this, is, this group is really like I know everyone doesn't know each other that well, but like the one unifying thing about this group is like everybody's. It's like a call in the who who do you want for this GI Joe mission or this like you know Mission Impossible? Like every person could drop into an environment for their what their role is and say, okay, just go do this and like. There is every, everyone kind of has a common personality of they 100% can be in charge of something and just make it happen. And, uh, but there is no dominant personality like has to be in charge. So, um, it's, uh, it's a really good, healthy group of people who, um, you know, so we'll, we'll come and talk about that more and everything, but, um, when it comes down to us, like having like a unified vision, I think that's really what matters. Um, you know, like. It seems like we're kind of responsible for, you know, our own bits here, but they all add up to something, you know, and they all have to be in that direction. And also, like, I was going to bring up Jose, like, in the, while doing all of the um, the work for the company, the animation company that, that you were working at, which we can talk about some other time, like I worked at, too, <laughs> for briefly, um like there's a whole nightlife element being in a city like Chicago that was happening with like a whole scene with live art and murals and painting at clubs and, and uh, interlapping with a DJ scene, which brings in other comic book people like uh, Jim Moffood and Mike Huddleston and Dave Crosland and, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, relationships that still somehow traverse from 
Arizona to Chicago to Los Angeles that still uh, connect people today. Um, you were kind of doing all that stuff on the side, then all of a sudden uh, you just moved to LA sort of abruptly. No, I've been I've been I've been wanting to do it for a long time. It's just that the, you know the opportunity came up to do it and I took it. So you know from after so I was, after at that company in Chicago that that Josh and I were working at, um, I was there for eight years and then I moved to a company that Josh had co-founded. Uh, with somebody else called Kunoichi. And there is when I did, I loved it because it was just such a broad, uh, the broad uh, 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 aspect of it. it was like, I'm working on so many different properties. I can go from My Little Pony to Littlest Pet Shop to GI Joe to Transformers. It's mostly Hasbro stuff. Or even, you know, there's some couple other companies. So, you know, maybe I think probably the last of the comic work that I did was probably there. Just a, a couple little comics for, and you were, you know, and you were primarily drawing, uh, and just drawing, primarily illustrating for for all those titles. Yes, I was illustrating. I was not writing toy designs and stuff. Yeah, that's pretty rad. Yeah, was, yeah, okay. So yeah, maybe I should clarify. So yeah, it was mostly like toy. It was it was a really broad scope of work. So I did everything from toy design, package design, to some a uh, couple comics. Jose, what's your what's your favorite My Little Pony toy that you designed that made it to market? I didn't do anything for the market, for any toys for the market. I did a flash animated design for them. So I did like with uh, James Farr, who yeah. did, uh, uh, he did, he does those like Super Mario mashup animations now. And he did a comic called Zombie, really awesome sure. animator. So he would mostly uh, do the layouts and stuff, you know, make like the storyboards and stuff. And then what I did was I did it all in flash. So I would do all the vector graphics and stuff and then kind of slightly animated a little bit uh and then from there it went off to to be fully animated so it was just a couple shorts some promos uh i think i did the same for gi joe something similar and same with transformers they were like these little you know short you know 10 second animatic kind of things so and now you've decided to um never draw again and just be the director of all ages content oh no (laughs) (laughs) actually it's the opposite because here's the thing too so like after that i'm going to animation and that's the first time i i'm drawing just i have one specific job where i'm just character designing so that kind of just and that kind of gets dull over time because it's like it's more like it doesn't feel like i'm drawing even though i'm drawing every day it doesn't feel like I'm drawing. It feels more like I'm I'm engineering or making some kind of a uh, blueprint as opposed to actually drawing. Sure, so, I think you know. Yeah, I think we've all been there. It's like you yeah. find a job doing the thing that you say you want to do, but the job is not creative. You're just a cog in a machine, and you're like, well, I guess it's better than not doing the thing I want. But also, I'm not really doing anything. I'm just like churning stuff out for this larger purpose and it's, none of it really serves me. It, not, not saying that it's a, a bad environment, you know, cause it was a very creative environment being around a lot of people with ideas, but when it comes down to actually, it, it, it's more grunt work, I think, than it is. But yeah, back, so then Jose, you went to, uh, to LA. So, yeah, I went to uh, LA. Tom Hanks and then magically run Ninja Turtles. And then I was on Ninja Turtles, yeah. And I was designing on that for almost five years. So I did the first five or first four seasons. You know, it's pretty rad. And then the CGI uh, series, the the yeah, twenty twelve. 
Oh man, so, so many. So see, you know that I'm I'm excited to continue to do these, um, just to like further dig in. You know, again, it's like in lieu of like having like an office to just sit around and BS in, or be able to like go to a bar, like civilized people, and have a conversation. Like you know, we'll digitally connect once a week uh, in a void, uh, and uh, and then we can all get to know each other on a personal level. Um, for the whole world to listen to. So, <laughs> um, well, I think yeah. I mean, just, just real quick, like, so one thing, uh, Jose is working on a property that, you know, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of contingency things that we're working on. Like if, depending on how much we raise, uh, you know, then we can do X. One of the things we're definitely zeroing in on, uh, right from the jump is one of Jose's, uh, new concepts. Oh, awesome. So, so, oh, I like this. Maybe this is something. Uh, this can be a, a pop cultivator cast, uh, uh, you know, uh, staple. Is is maybe towards the end of each episode, we'll sort of like tease a little bit of, of what someone's working on. So, can you tease anything about it, uh, Jose? Like uh, uh, that that you feel comfortable sharing? Just sort of like give a little taste of of what what that might be. Yeah, I mean, I'm you know. Um- tentatively called Ruby DIY, like do it yourself. And it's about a young woman. She's maybe about 16. She moves down from the Bay Area to Southern California. In in this universe, the city is called Santangelo or Santangelino. I'm, I'm actually kind of leaning more towards Santangelino. But, you know, it's L.A. And she moves here to help her aunt. Well, first, her mom kind of sends her to kind of get herself right she kind of gets herself in a little bit of trouble with you know her teachers and such and so her mom's just like okay you gotta go live with your auntie in bel-air yeah she, she, uh, and then yeah he got in trouble with some kids she got in trouble with some kids from her neighborhood and then she started rapping and, and moved to bel-air she uh so she goes and, she, and she's very gifted she's very gifted she's not exactly an inventor but she can basically kit bash anything for you she's like or repair stuff so she's like hey my tv hasn't worked in a month whatever can you do something yeah or she can make that tv into some kind of like cool computer or right. you know she can trick your car out or she can build you know maybe this imagination takes over and she builds some crazier devices or whatever but it all comes from existing parts and existing you know anything that you can get is she part um, macgyver basically i mean she's she's pretty much macgyver so she goes down and she kind of her aunt her great aunt um in in east la or santangelo runs a uh like a junk shop mm-hmm. um her and her husband started a junk shop he passed on and now she's running it herself so they kind of you know she goes to help her aunt out she kind of learns how to live you know with other people and um, the thing about Ruby is she's very independent and she's very, she wants to do everything herself. Um, over time, though, she has to learn to just trust others and, and collaborate rather than try to micromanage. Sure. Uh, she's got, you know, she's got a cast of friends that help her out, of course. And Pretty cool. Yeah. There's a few. Uh, and she can, and she can. Uh, cat. <clears throat> she got a rabbit cat. Nice, nice. So, and she's uh, so so. Basically, you you've got yourself like a a, a young female uh, uh, MacGyver, but but she sounds like also like one part MacGyver, one part like uh, Tony Stark, because it seems like she's more technical. Hey, that's my like traps and yeah. stuff, and like survive, you know, survival stuff. Um, 
it sounds like she can you know take spare computer parts and build like a new computer so like sure. that that's that's cool there's like a sure. there's like a, an advanced uh tech element uh yeah it's cool um well that that sounds freaking awesome and, and then mixing uh, it together can lead to i don't know it could lead to good times it could lead to disaster yeah no, absolutely, and 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 then you know the 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 larger question of like you know obviously the more unique and interesting things you create, the more people are going to know that you're creating these unique and interesting things, and what does that lead to? And I'm sure there's there's like a million you know and that that story can go in so many directions. So that that, that sounds awesome. That's um, a fun part. Yeah, that's yeah, a fun part. You, know, I mean, you got like some deep themes going on in the background too, like like. Uh... Like, Sean can cut this out if it's not okay. Uh, but yeah, you've got, like, gentrification stuff going on in there. Like some, I mean, this is, like, on the surface, it looks like this sort of young adult kid's book. But there's some uh, pretty pretty deep stuff in the background told amongst this, like, lighter story, which is pretty awesome. cool. That's one, one of the things really interesting about it. Oh, that's so cool. Well, man, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to to reading that. It <laughs> sounds awesome. It sounds like right up my alley. So uh, it's still exciting. early stages. It's still early stages. So I'm still writing everything out. Pretty uh, cool. We're well aware that the most people that are going to be listening to this are probably people that have found us through the WeFunder or donated to the WeFunder. In which case, thank you very much. Um, super, super grateful for, oh yeah, I guess invest, investing, um, super grateful, uh, uh, to have you on board. And, you know, what we would like to do as we move forward is just kind of continue to sort of peel back the curtain on like who we are and, you know, what kind of things that we're into, what kind of things we want to make as a company, as individuals, take a look behind the scenes at like the comic book industry as a whole and on, you know, smaller levels. I know I worked as a letterer for a long time and, you know, we'll gladly bore everyone to death talking about lettering and you know i so i think it'll be fun as the episodes sean, go sean has worked in like every network and show and done Love line it. production on tv shows and wrote in screenplays and everything else so there's your shot i've done a lot of i've yeah um, i've done a lot of the other thing is that this is this is a living breathing live look at how do you launch a company in 2021 yeah. 20, now that's you know, true. You know. Yeah, and I mean, we, I mean, I, I, uh, I mean, Jose just kind of threw out, which is funny. I don't even think I've talked to any of you about. It. Like, I, he worked for a company, another company I co-founded or I founded, and then merged with someone else, and then I left. Uh, but it was a whole creative services company. I've done several companies like this, but I've never done anything like we, like we funder. Same. I've, I've, I've start- funding. It's sort of like an IPO. Yeah. Um, I went out and started my time. first company in 1994, as we said, you know, and I, and I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've been. Fortunate enough to have founded a, a handful of successful ones, and you know, here I am, all these years later, still working on my own. But, uh, but this it's is only been, me uh, too. It's only been legal to do this kind of uh, crowdfunding, you know, uh, and the, really the the sites and the technology has only been set up for, like, you know, it's been it was uh, everything was got going about four years ago, and then like the sites really didn't get going until a couple of years ago. So um, this this is all new stuff. And by the way, you saw that the laws changed on the on uh, the limit, right? Did they raise it? As of uh, three days ago, you are now the the the, the raise uh, cap is no longer that weird number of one million seventy. It's now five million. Whoa! Sweet. Did not oh, even wow. know that. All oh, right, wow. so let's go, investors. Let's. <laughs> but, go it, but it'll be interesting to see how. Look, I think um, you know not to get too businessy on this, but it'll be interesting to see like how does that transform business when you can. 
you know, what what can you as a startup do if you've got a great idea and you just can't get a bank to f- to finance you? You know, what can you do with 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 you know five million dollars if you're fortunate enough to be able to to reach that kind of audience? I mean, that's that's there are there are there are massive companies that get launched. You know, there's all these stories of you know you can't get a VC's attention. Well, you know, now you democratize the VC process. And, and you know, for all of our investors who are listening, because this is you're the audience we're going to be sending this podcast out to first, um, is you know. We can close the round too. Um, we're probably going to extend this round. It was going to close in the end of January, but we got started a little later than we expected. So, and then we didn't want to push this. Like, we didn't really be like jerks through the holidays, aggressively pushing this. Um, so, we're going to probably extend it out, you know, into the spring. Um, but we can close around with crowdfunding and then just work on, you know, your projects based on what you raised, and you can just go do another round later. And sometimes it actually helps your first round investors because you change the valuation and then everything they have just went up. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it really turns VC funding on its head. It's a living, breathing beast. And, and I think that this, uh, you know, as, as Mike pointed out, I think this podcast will also serve as a, as a pretty interesting, you know, uh, documentation of, of that whole process. Um, and I, you know, we will, try to be as open and frank as we can be, uh, you know, which I think is we could just say whatever we want because we're our bosses. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I'm excited for what we can do with this platform and the kind of stuff we can talk about. And obviously, if you have feedback, um, where can they send feedback, Josh? Info at popcultivator.com. There you go. Info at popcultivator.com. If you listened and you have feedback or you have thoughts, send them our way. And, you know, or if you have questions, obviously we can like try to work all that stuff in and address it as we go forward. And if you somehow found this podcast and you didn't uh, already know about Pop Cultivator or what we're doing or what any of this is, go to wefunder.com slash pop cultivator and check it out and learn more. And there's a video. And if you want, become an investor. And then technically, I guess we answer to you. I don't know. I don't yeah, know how if you're, uh, if you're listening to this, like in the future and that we funder is long gone, uh, cause we raised all our money, uh, go to popcultivator.com and hopefully that's, Oh good. yeah. Good point. Go to, <laughs> yes. If you're listening to this in the future, hello, first future of all, person. hello, future person. We're glad you survived the apocalypse. Uh, cool that there's still podcasts and websites, but go to popcultivator.com and check us out. I guess if you're in the apocalypse, you want to read some comics, most likely. That's what I would do. Uh, so, yeah. All right. That's an episode of uh, Pop Cultivator cast, title pending. I would thanks uh, Jose and Mike and obviously Josh uh, for assembling this team. And we'll do this again. And then we'll talk about more stuff with new people, maybe, because we've got a whole bunch of people on this team that we're going to have to to uh, introduce. So yeah, so this is a Pop Cultivator uh, cast. Thank you for listening and now music will most likely play. Thank you. See you next week. Thanks everybody.